All right. Thank you for tuning in to another founder interview on the Forward Thinking Media Network. Um, as always, if you want to tune in live to these interviews and ask questions live on the record, then become a subscriber of Forward Thinking Media. Go to forwardthinking.substack.com, decide to be a paid subscriber. And one of the many things you get as a paid subscriber is the ability to sit in on the Zoom calls as I'm recording and the ability to ask questions at the end. So if you want that, go to forwardthinking.substack.com and I'll see you on the other side. Let's get into today's episode. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Galen Wolf Polly, who is a co-founder of Urbit. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. It's going pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Surprisingly energized for 4.16 in the afternoon, but I will take it. Uh, for people that don't know what you're working on uh, at Urbit, um, can you tell us what it is and, and, why, and what you're working on? Yeah, of course. So Urbit's a new operating system and a peer-to-peer network that's designed to be incredibly simple to use, totally private to you, and that can live forever. It's a pretty ambitious project, as you might expect from that description, so we can sort of dig in in whatever way is most interesting. Probably worth pointing out also that Urbit's decentralized. It's owned by a lot of different people, actually. I'm in charge of a company called Tuan, which is sort of like the core, where all the core developers work, and we, we work on building the network, but we don't sort of own it outright. Got it. That makes sense. So I think to help the listeners understand and help me understand, let's talk about two elements. Who is the person that uses Urbit, like the persona that uses Urbit? And what exactly like are they doing on it? Are they are they running code? Is it like a competitor to Chrome? Is it like, you know, I guess, yeah, who uses it? And then what do they do on it, at least right now? Yeah, so we just recently released what we call OS1. And the persona for OS1 is really simple. It's basically us. What we wanted to be able to use Urbit, this very just, you know, Urbit's a general purpose platform. And what we wanted to be able to use it from day to day to keep in touch and stay connected. So what we use Urbit for is chatting, sharing, sort of like long form discussions, something between a blog post and a forum and sharing links. All of these, each of these individual ways of sharing things are otherwise what people use for with or what people would normally use another platform for, right? Like we usually switch between like Slack and Asana and Reddit or whatever it might be. So our hope was to, for groups of collaborators, build something more integrated, more unified. It's really at Urbit's like level of maturity aimed at, you know, people like us working on open source software projects, creative people, people who want to like use extremely calm, simple software. You can see maybe how this evolves into something between a social network and productivity tooling. So any group of people wants to come together to stay connected, coordinate about things with some, you know, maybe like bespoke set of tools that they want to use specifically for their group. That's what we want to Urbit to like evolve into. Uh, But for now, it's definitely like weird technologists, people from the sort of crypto space, et cetera, who value privacy and security and are excited about developing on it because Urbit's open source. Anyone can modify it. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it does make sense. I think another question I'll ask, um, which might sound kind of weird, but I think it'll help crystallize it, is w- what would you say, um, like in regards to a category, 
what are you replacing? I think what'll help help me wrap my head around it a little more, although I do understand it pretty well now. But like, are you are you a replacement for uh, like, you know, Chrome, a replacement for RSS, like a replacement for Facebook? Is it like a new thing replacing multiple things? I would love to hear just like, you know, what is the category that you are getting into? Um, and that might help people listening categorize it, you know, themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So I do think the closest thing that we're, that, you know, to Urban is really like conventional social networks, probably. Um, and the thing that's the best preview of maybe how Urban is different from Western social networks is the, what people call super apps in, um, in Asia. So there's Kakao Talk in Korea, Line in Japan, and WeChat in China. And these super apps bring together payments, messaging, blogging, uh, you know, booking appointments, uh, leaving reviews, all of these different things into a single interface. And the user experience is amazing. Uh, the reason that they're able to be successful, though, is that usually they're completely centralized and they often even have some sort of like state backing to get them to exist. So if you can think of it maybe like the way social networks evolved is it become, they become closer to productivity tooling. They're just about getting things done, buying stuff, staying connected to people. Urbit is built as kind of this like extremely purpose-built tool, but it's all about, you know, groups of people communicating. So maybe a more boring Facebook that's not just about bragging about what you're up to. Uh, that, that, yeah, we're definitely a new category of software in, in, in many ways, um, but maybe that helps people crystallize it or think about it clearly. Definitely does. Uh, thanks for that. So I help break down for me the idea behind, I think, I think you mentioned either in this conversation or before we started recording the fact that it's decentralized. Um, and I know when I hear that, I obviously think of the crypto community and, and, and Bitcoin, Ethereum, et cetera, but I haven't seen too many like products that are decentralized because it's early, right? It's, it's, it's kind of early and you're one of the pioneers. Can you describe what you, what does it mean for Urbit to be decentralized and, and what is that, you know, how does that impact the user? Yeah, good question. So Urbit is, there are so many different ways to, um, to answer that question. In the most practical sense, um, in order to boot this operating system, you need to have an ID. So technically there are really two parts of Urbit. There's Urbit ID and Urbit OS. And Urbit ID is actually a piece of cryptographic property that you own like you own Bitcoin. You can think of an Urbit ID kind of like an email address and a domain name that you actually own. So I use this thing to log into the operating system, but it's mine. So that's very different from my Facebook login, which is actually managed by Facebook or my Gmail address, which is actually, you know, owned by Google basically. And then when I do boot the operating system, that OS is in the simplest possible term, it's basically just a file. And it's a single file that of course is mine. And I encrypt that file with a, basically with that same key, right? So the contents of my entire OS or you know, belong to me cryptographically. And then when I communicate with other people running this operating system, all of that is decentralized in that it's sent out to different nodes, right? Instead of me connecting to Facebook server and then Facebook figuring out how people communicate, I send my messages directly to other people who are running nodes, maybe in a data center, maybe in their on their laptops, wherever they might be. So yeah, the network is totally spread out. People are all over the place. There's no sort of like, single point of failure, there's no single point of censorship. Um, we can get more into the exact design of how it works, but I think that probably covers it. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I have a question overall on like the whole idea of decentralization. Um, and I'm not super well versed in this, so I apologize for a potentially naive question. But I know Bitcoin, like the 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 I know decentralization goes way before Bitcoin. But I'm going to start there because um, I think that's when like more people start to learn about it. Like you know, decentralization kind of became somewhat popular with the rise of Bitcoin and then Ethereum, and and you know, it seems to be you know growing and growing the interest is growing and there's more people working on decentralized stuff but in my opinion it hasn't it hasn't really like there hasn't been that killer app yet um i do think it will be soon and it could be yours right what do you think of the market of this of this um decentralized products and uh, um the timing of everything and uh, how you just think about the timing in relation to to urbit yeah that's a great question um well, so the internet was originally decentralized, right? Like the, the, there was no, I mean, all of the basic protocols of how we send messages around on the internet are not necessarily centralized. We've just ended up with these really centralized services, Google, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, whatever. I would say in large part because in order to deliver a good user experience, you have to run the server for the person. So the, the basic Urbit thesis and I think this is actually shared among most decentralization projects. It's basically like if you can create a very, very simple system, then you can let the user have full control over it. So, you know, Bitcoin is a sort of like extremely formalized money. And then you can kind of cut out the Fed or you can cut out any state actor and just say, this is simple enough that now we can let individuals control it. And what that provides the individual, I think then Urbit also provides the individual, is like incredible flexibility. So while Amazon can provide me like really, really good and fast quality of service because it's totally centralized, what Urbit or Ethereum or Bitcoin in some ways can provide to you is extreme flexibility. You can really do whatever you want with it. It's very much tailored to you because you're in control of it. So it's tough to answer the timing question. I mean, I would hope that we're <laughs> like, uh, you know, um, riding a wave of people feeling like somewhat bored with existing sort of platform culture uh, and they're wanting better security and privacy guarantees and so on and basically wanting more flexibility. But it's hard to say, you know, I mean, yeah, these things have been around for some time. They've taken off to some degree and it's hard to say if we're like at the beginning of, you know, Bitcoin's rise to 100K or whatever and, and Urbit's like being this dominant platform that you use to talk to everyone and use crypto. Um, Urban has matured a lot recently and is certainly a lot more usable and sort of useful and touchable than it ever has been. And I think that's true across the board with crypto. So it'll be exciting, certainly in the next year or two, but we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Uh, I think everyone's excited for it to happen and there to be several, you know, if not way more than several apps that are on this technology. I think it's better for everyone, especially based on what's happened in the last decade. Um, but you know, I don't want to talk about the last decade. I want to talk about a decade from now. So to kind of wrap it up, I have two last questions for you. Um, wh wh where do you see Urbit going? Look, look, you know, as far out as you want, it could be five years, 10 years, 50 years. What would you say is the big vision? Where are you rowing to? And um, what will it look like when you get there? Yeah, that's a good question. So I got involved in this project um, for a pretty simple reason, which was that I was a, you know, I was, I was a software developer who was looking at, you know, building something new. And I looked around at basically everything that existed and 
I felt like no matter what I was going to build, it was going to be completely impermanent. So I think one of the most exciting um, sort of like future states of Urbit is one in which I can actually have all of my biometric data, all of my personal data, all of the pictures I take actually go into a completely permanent archive where I can have like a sort of life stream that I know will always be there that you can sort of almost hand down across generations. I think there's a lot, there's a lot to that. And I think that's something when I look at even where we are technically, it's not that far off on the sort of, yeah, between five and 10 year uh, time horizon. So I very much look forward to that. I think from a sort of more user experience standpoint, like what should people look forward to? I think that they should look forward to basically like the end of this, I switch between a bunch of different apps that might go away world. Um, whether it's Urbit or something else, the user experience of you know, conventional apps and services is truly terrible. And so I encourage people to kind of step out of the Stockholm syndrome of like, as if the home, your home screen being cluttered with a bunch of different things is actually a good experience. That I think has to change. And you can look at the early days of computing, and I mean, even from the 70s through the 90s to see what a sort of computer as bicycle for the mind, computer as, you know, ordinary, as a tool for ordinary creativity, that I think we will see a return to that. And, I, and I'm like very much looking forward to it. And for... My last question, what is something that the forward-thinking founder community can do to help you make the vision happen and push this forward, whether it's asking for users, looking for hiring help, you know, or just anything you, anything you want, what's something that we can help you with? Well, I think at this particular juncture, we just released a bunch of stuff and we're looking for people to try it out um, and give us feedback, really. Urban is still certainly super young and you still have to run it yourself you know this is something more like you don't have to compile it anymore but you do have to boot it from the command line and if you know how to actually you know run a server in the cloud that that helps too so if anyone out there is curious to try out urbit i'd be more than happy to give you a planet um, which is what we you know it's a certain sized urbit id basically give you an invite so certainly reach out if you're if you're curious um and 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 i'd be and i'd love to hear your thoughts all right. Well, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. I think you're building the future uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, watching it happen and, and being a part of it. So thanks again for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. You've been listening to Founder Interviews on the Forward Thinking Media Network. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to that one. No, it doesn't have to end here. If you didn't know, we have daily podcast episode so you just subscribe to this rss feed and you'll get another one tomorrow additionally we have a free newsletter where we look at the last week of product hunt launches and we see the best we, we, we decide who the best products are you can look at this if you go to forwardthinking.substack.com and just put in your email you get access to this every monday we have a lot more than that if you want to become a paid subscriber as well meaning you can sit in on calls you can get access to subscriber only content you can get access to our paid community that is ten dollars a month soon to be fifteen dollars a month but if you just want to you know just check it out see if this is your your type of people i'm your type of person just tune into the podcast every day and get Get on that newsletter at forwardthinking.substack.com for free and see if you like it. And if you do, we'll be waiting on the other side on the subscription level tier. So thank you again for tuning in to today's episode and hope to see you soon. Thanks. Bye.